boils and ghouls. It's time to gather round us, horrifying hunter, petrified Preston, and devilish Dan. Crack open another cursed volume of tales from the crypt. This is Horrors from the Vault. <laughs> Kitties to horrors from the vault. My name is Horrifying Hunter, and I'll be one of the three shadowy figures leading you into the dark and haunted corridors of this very vault. Tonight, we're cracking open our second tome of season two with The Switch, an episode all about looking at how beefy Arnold looks in the opening. But before we can venture fully into the vault, let me introduce you to my co host, somebody who has not fucked up his vocal cords, has a very svelte and smoothing voice. It's exactly who you're thinking about. What's going on, Devilish Dan? That's not who I was thinking about at all. <laughs> For a loop, I was just about to take a sip of tea. Preston's the one with the, the sultry southern tones. <laughs> what a twist. What a um, twist. No, Dan, you have a very pleasant voice. I, I think everyone will agree with that. I, I think mm. the nice thing about the voice arrangement that we've got here, I don't think any of our voices like blend together at all. Um, I I think we have a very distinct tonal quality to each one of us where everybody knows who's talking and that's important for a good podcast. I think you and I both have slightly Muppet-esque tones. Um, (laughs) Waka waka motherfucker. You're you're a little more towards like the charming Kermit or Fozzie and I'm more like a Rizzo or or, uh, Gonzo. More of that end of the spectrum. But you know, neither one of those compares at all to Mr. (laughs) Petrifying Preston. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, speaking of Petrified Preston, somebody who's paid a, a startling $3 million to get uh, leg transplants and get that sweet, sweet dick <laughs> pumped up. Uh, what's going on, Petrified Preston? You know, it was worth every penny, fellas. Every penny. I am just so thrilled to be joined by two sexy voices this evening, if I do say so myself. Stop. Come on, we're getting closer to uh, to Halloween, guys. We're, we're covering a good episode tonight. I got to watch Kelly Preston for a solid 25 minutes. You know, that that's a good thing in and of itself. We, You know what? You've basically covered all the bases. Um, what Preston is saying is, happy Halloween, folks. We started last week. We're continuing it this week. Happy October. We hope you're making the most out of your spooky season. And you know what says spooky season to me? It's not Spirit Halloween. It's not even Halloween Horror Nights. It's listening to my very own podcast. It's listening to Horrors from the Vault with these two gentlemen. Um, Really, if you're not listening to Horrors from the Vault, which you are, so you're in the clear, but if you have loved ones, um, significant others, anyone else in your life that's not listening to Horrors from the Vault, they're not getting the most out of their Halloween season. So we want to thank you for being here. So to, I'd go so far oh, to say that they are goddamn idiots for not listening to <laughs> horrors from the vault. Look, and you, all you need to correct that immediately. 
I completely agree. I, I will say, I mean, reaction to the show, we say it every single time, is continuing to impress me. I pretty much check the iTunes review is every day because you all are being so sweet and nice That's with great. those. Um, yeah, if you haven't left us a review, please do it. It's the easiest way to help us reach other people and make sure they're celebrating Halloween the way that the Crypt Keeper intended. Enough about all that. Let's go ahead and talk about this week's episode. Once again, we're talking about The Switch, which was season two, episode two. The second episode aired on April 21st of 1990. And we are kicking it to our first ever story in the series that took place in the actual Tales from the Crypt comic. We're going to Tales from the Crypt 45 in Preston. Let's dive into the House of Horror. Hey, man, let's hop in the DeLorean. Go back to December of 1954 that's right tales from the crypt 45 as hunter just said the old witch yeah she's our host for this story where we meet this desperate rich bastard good old mr webster that's right oh the depths men will ultimately go to land a beautiful woman right fellas um for what the story ultimately becomes um we've talked a lot about this in in previous entries this one's a little wordy. I'm not going to lie. A little wordy for my blood even. Um, It's not the greatest story, but I will say, you know, just reading it on the page, I found it pretty hilarious, uh, quite frankly. Um, Like when we get the reveal at the end, which we'll, we'll go into later, it was genuinely funny to me. Um, Again, solid artwork, you know, for what it is and a decent enough story for hell seven pages or whatever it was. Right. But in, in no way necessarily an absolute must read in my opinion, but kind of, kind of very much like the previous story that we covered. And I remember mentioning this in that episode, you know, there, there necessarily aren't many, if any, of those great kind of spooky aesthetics that we definitely love in these stories, right? Because this story's just just really different and, and really interesting, frankly. We get some crazy looking eyes between, you know, Mr. Webster himself when he finds himself in love. That's kind of a great shot. And um, I don't know what was up with that doctor, but man, was he translated perfectly on screen. And uh, we'll talk about that soon as well. Kind of look like a... Uh, bug-eyed Dr. Octavius on the page, um, <laughs> if I do say so myself. But, uh, you know, we get a hairy chest with abs, if that's your thing. And Miss um, Linda Stewart, she's lovely. But, uh, you know, th- like I said previously, this is not one that you need to go out of your way to read. If you're a completionist like myself, sure, I, you know, you, you won't be upset at yourself. But um, this one is definitely better on the screen. And I look forward to getting to all those details next. Mm, I'm going to have to disagree with one thing. Yes, it is oh. wordy. However, wordy. However, uh, I think the word smithing is quite well done on this one, despite it being okay. Uh, just for example, the opening panel, the cold morning light pressed up against the pine paneled dens, arched windows refused entrance by the heavily lined, expensive damask drapes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Come on. That's that paints a picture right there. It's that's very true. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they 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 took uh someone got a little creative with this one. It is very short story esque. I mean, like I feel like you could do a reading test on this one and cash in some of those sweet AR 
advanced reading points and get a prize. Yeah. <laughs> I might be speaking to a certain generation here, but um, <laughs> you're, you're speaking to mine. That's yeah, for sure. I am for me too. I was, I was tearing through them, Harry Potter books. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is very wordy. I'm kind of in between you guys. I enjoyed the story for what it is, but I sure. do think the episode is a, I think it's a better adaptation uh, just because there's a little bit more fun with it. It's already not a very elaborate story. And I do think that the, the episode itself embraces some of the goofiness a little bit better. And I think that just comes down to, you know, music choices and the way that certain shots are done and everything like that. Overall, I would say if you're a really big fan of the episode, go back and read this just like any of them. If you, if we say skip the comic, but you really like the episode, go check out the source material. It's always worth it. Um, but overall, if you were just kind of like, ah, you know, I like the episode, I didn't love it. Or if you didn't like it at all, I can't really urge you to go check out this comic either. Now, Dan, we're going to talk about top billing because we have some really big players this Ooh. week. I feel like I don't even need to say that anymore. Every week we have really big players at this there's, point. There's one coming up that that I struggled with making some notes on, but go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, we'll get there. But We'll get there in a few weeks. Y- yeah, well, in a couple weeks closer to closer to the end of spooky season. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about because we do have some notable names in this episode. Yeah, this one's pretty exciting. Just me personally. There's some people I I, I really uh, can't wait to talk about. But we're going to start up top like we normally do with writers. Richard Tuggle and Michael Tav. Honestly, they're not that notable. I struggled to write down much of anything. Just a lot of kind of, you know, uh, workmanship going on there. But you know who is super famous? You know who is? The director, Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you don't know who Arnold is, I don't know what to fucking tell you. He's the Terminator. He's Conan. He's the last action hero. He jingled all the way. He's a <laughs> kindergarten cop. He was Danny DeVito's twin brother. He was a pregnant man. He played Mr. Freeze. He was the governor of fucking California for some reason. And now he's the director, which uh, is pretty impressive because uh, he's a he's a all-star and he can also work behind the camera pretty well, too, as we'll see as we get to the episode. Uh, anything you guys want to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger or, I mean, it's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I mean, the big piece of Arnold we can talk about when we, we actually get into the episode itself. I think he is one of those directors that really embraced the goofiness of the tales from the crypt comic book. And he had a vision for how he wanted this episode to turn out. And I, I wasn't sure where I wanted to bring this up, but I think that this episode, you know, it's I've got my feelings on it, which we'll get into it. But as far as them doing something interesting with the source material, I think he's very successful uh, with this story overall. It might not be my favorite story, or maybe it is. We'll talk about it. But he does a really good job with this episode. Yeah, you know, that's one thing I actually failed to mention. Um, You know, this is very true to the story itself in the comic. I mean, it's very accurate to what was on the page. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And yeah, I, I got some things to say about Arnold, but I kind of want to get to those. Once we get to the episode itself, it was just so lovely to know, like, Oh my gosh, this is that episode, you know? So yeah, we'll get there. Cool. Well, enough about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's talk about some of the stars. Let's talk about William Hickey as Carlton Webster. (laughs) 
This guy has a voice you've likely heard every holiday season for one of two possible reasons, either by playing Uncle Lewis in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or the voice of Dr. Finkelstein in A Nightmare Before Christmas. That's right. Which I, 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 I'm I'm sorry, buddy. As I told you guys previously off, off the recording, like as soon as I heard his voice, that is when I made the connection to a nightmare before Christmas. I had never made that connection before, which is just insanity. But yeah, for whatever reason, the tone of his voice, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that that's the doctor. Yeah. I don't know. That was, that was great. I don't know if you guys agree with this sentiment, but Nightmare Before Christmas is just one of those things that has been around in my life for oh, so man. long at this oh, point. Yeah. Those characters are their characters. Like, I don't associate yeah. them with anybody else. Like, that's not Sarandon. That's just Jack Skellington <laughs> and Danny Elfman. And Finkelstein, he's totally one of those characters as well. Like, um, I know it's this guy. And God bless him. Like, it's hard to imagine. I can't imagine another voice for that character. But he's just he's perfectly encapsulated in that mm-hmm. you know where else he's perfectly encapsulated little movie i like to call the telephone book i'd like to read you a excerpt of a review that a brilliant gentleman wrote on letterboxd i didn't expect a movie in which you get to watch uncle lewis from christmas vacation talk about a hand job with uncontrollable boner to be so artfully done that was written by Mr. Daniel P. Sims. If you want to follow him on Letterbox, <laughs> I highly suggest that. <laughs> and it's referencing the movie The Telephone Book. Sorry, Hunter, go ahead. One smart guy there. I definitely recommend you yeah, follow him. He is. <laughs> no doubt. And no matter how smart you might think he is, if he recommends The Telephone Book to you, you still refuse to see it and buy it for super cheap from Vinegar Syndrome like two friends of mine. I wonder who they are. Hmm. Hell yeah. Anyway, Telephone Book. I highly recommend this movie. He's in it. He talks about getting a hand job to try to get rid of his super hard, super painful boner. <laughs> but beyond that, the movie's fucking brilliant. Uh, available on Vinegar Syndrome until they sell out. I believe it was $18 last time I checked. Do you know roughly what year that is, Dan? I don't mean to put oh, you on the spot. It's like the 60s. It's like 62. Okay. All right, it, cool. is, it is beautifully shot. Uh, it feels like a modern art piece. It's bizarre. But yeah, there you go. Telephone. Book. Great. Yeah. Great. I can ignore your suggestion once again when the, the sale comes up in November. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the rest of the people. Rick Rosovich as Hans. He was Slider and Top Gun, Leary and Navy Seals and Matt in the Terminator. So he's worked with Arnold before, uh, as well as Kelly Preston. I know Preston. Maybe that's why it's 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 its namesake. That's Kelly right. Preston played Linda. She's Avery and J- Jerry Maguire, Marnie and Twins, again, working with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Roseanne and Christine, and she was the mom in The Cat in the Hat. What do you got to say about uh, Miss Kelly Preston there, sir? Oh, my gosh. She is just lovely. Like, I have always loved her, even her early films. And, hell, going up to things like Jerry Maguire, I mean – she she's I mean she's gorgeous obviously and I don't know like personal weird stuff aside with John Travolta she just always seemed like a nice person and I mean it was objectively you know just incredibly tragic that she left us far too soon and I think she's great in this episode which we'll kind of get into as we go. I honestly was a little unimpressed but you know who I was impressed by Ian Abercrombie as Fulton. Uh, You might know him as Mr. Pitt, Elaine's boss that eats uh, candy bars like a weirdo on Seinfeld. 
Uh, he was an old wizard in Army of Darkness. He was the voice of Palpatine and or Darth Sidious, however you want to refer to him. Pretty much any time they need a voice for that in the Star Wars franchise. He's also Dr. Hess in Puppet Master 3, Toulon's Revenge, and Tom Brockman in Twin Peaks, because I will mention Twin Peaks whenever I get a chance. Rounding out my list, uh, I wanted to point out Mark Pellegrino. He is a very tiny part at the near the very end. He's the punk uh, that attacks Carlton outside his car. He is known as Jacob from Lost. He was also the uh, assassin in, or I guess hitman, in Mulholland Drive. And he's the voice of Jacob Seed, the main antagonist in Far Cry 5. And that's all I got for our stars. Nice. What a lineup. What a it what a crazy a lineup. lineup for this this weird episode. Let's talk about this weird episode. Let's get into it. Um, we've got to talk real quick about that crypt keeper segment because <laughs> this is the one, right? This is the one that your niche horror, like Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, they'll post this image. And it'll just go viral in an instance. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm talking about uh, for the first time in the series, maybe the only time, I'm going to be honest, I've, we got to get a little bit further along. Uh, I don't know if Zemeckis comes out and does some goofy bit, but <laughs> Schwarzenegger comes out and he's like, you don't want to be puny forever, uh, which is a terrible Schwarzenegger. Everybody's got a terrible Schwarzenegger, but I, you know, I'm not even going to attempt. Um, just this moment is incredibly fun. And like we talked about with last week, this is where like we're really hitting the stride of the crypt keeper segments and i mean come on he's pumping iron he's 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 getting he's jacked pumping skulls yeah what's not to love <laughs> and he's wearing a sweaty little headband and you've just got this great little fourth wall meta moment where he doesn't even get to introduce the story the director Arnold himself gets to introduce the story it's just really fun it's really goofy and this is one of those I think iconic tales from the crypt openings. You said so you, that everyone you has, a, you said that everyone has a bad impersonation of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I kind of, I hear Preston struggle with oh, that. Oh no, no, yeah. you don't. Yeah. It, it's going to be the most cringeworthy shit you've ever heard. No, you don't want that. Uh, give, the, <laughs> give the people what they want. <laughs> oh God, no, trust me. You don't want that. Uh, right. Listen, I, I was just, well, you go ahead. You go ahead, Dan. No, yeah, uh, this is exactly what people think of when they think of Tales from the Crypt opening segments. Goofy, fourth wall breaking, punny, everyone's just having a good time. You can tell Arnold was way into doing this. This wasn't (laughs) something that like his agent's like, come on, buddy, do this weird show that some people you worked with are on. It'll be good for your resume. No, he was he was loving every second. Like, I just feel like, as we've talked about with this season thus far, and obviously we're we're a very short way into it, these intros really feel like, okay, we're we're really getting into the groove of what Tales from the Crypt is and and what it kind of became to be in its heyday, right? And I just feel like this, as early as it is in this second season, like, I feel like this is just a sign, like, okay, as far as pop culture awareness goes, like, Tales from the Tales from the Crypt that is is climbing that ladder. I mean, when we got Arnold Schwarzenegger himself introing this episode and, and directing it for God's sakes, like that just really speaks to where this series is going and growing. And uh, I, I just think that says a lot when you have one of the biggest stars in the world, you know, especially at that time, um, do this, and I love it. It's great.
As the kids would say, Carlton Webster, he's down bad. He's got his eyes set on the young and beautiful Linda, who he thinks is low-key bussin' for real, for real. See, Carlton has that mega dough, but he refuses to tell Linda that and bypass all those shenanigans because he believes that love should be true and not motivated by money. After the most recent rejection by her, because he's old enough to be her grandfather, he starts to seek out other options. He goes to a local plastic surgeon, but none of the options are quite what he needs. He doesn't want to look 10 years younger. He needs to look 30, goddammit. Eyes pulled back, it ain't gonna cut it. It ain't enough. Chin implants, it ain't enough. New cheekbones, it ain't enough. He needs to look 30. So after paying for that ever-so-costly referral fee, Carlton ends up in a legit Frankenstein castle and meets the infamous Mad Doctor. Guys, we we should take a moment here before we talk about the Doctor himself because mm-hmm. this episode really speeds by. This episode is paced very, very quickly. Um, and in fact, I think it actually even feels a little bit shorter, even though it has a longer runtime. I think it mm. feels a little bit shorter than the next episode we're going to talk about, which is the actual shortest episode uh, that we've covered up to this point. But there's just so many fun little weird moments in the opening, like five minutes of this episode while doing the setup, like the goofy little moment he has with his Butler with the, the, the almost like frozen first time in forever moment where the windows are open and so it's that door. <laughs> and you know, he's got to revitalize life into this old house. It's just there's little goofy things like that where you can tell they fully embraced the the humorous direction of the source material. And uh, this episode is all the better for it. I love the relationship between these two old fucks. You, you can <laughs> tell that they've loved each other for years. It's kind of like that uh, Love Actually where um, Bill Nye and his his manager are like really the ones that belong together and they, they want to be together. Not, you know, romantically, of course, but, you know bro bromantically but yeah these two old men they they care for each other even though one's paying the other one's wages <laughs> no and like you said hunter just the whole opening of the windows i mean that is a great moment just just joyous for this man as you could tell he's in love right yes that's true by the way I am dying to know how he met Linda and why right. he thinks they're so good. She's so oh great. That's such a good point. Cause she doesn't seem that impressive whatsoever. <laughs> like she just kind of says, Hey, and then goes in for a trip to muscle beach with them and, and then screws them over. And I don't, I don't know. She doesn't seem too intelligent. Like she, he's claiming that she's super smart. I haven't seen that on screen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I do think she is really underdeveloped. And it's one of those things where, you know, Carlton, he might be rich and who knows what he's done to get his money, right? Like maybe he's a good businessman. It was the 90s. I mean, businessmen were never good, but let's he just say, you know, cocaine. He, he sells cocaine. He, yeah, he, he's not <laughs> as dirty as the rest of them. He seems to have a pretty good head on his shoulders. And we we never really get the backstory. We don't know if he's a widower or um, if he has any sort of family relation or anything like that. But he is head over heels for this woman who we just assume it's a a physical attraction thing, but he also, I don't know. He seems like he would, he would find something to connect with more than just the physical aspect of it. So I kind of wish we saw a little bit of that. It's not necessary for the story that they're telling, but it does make you wonder why he went through 
you know, all these challenges and tribulations to end up at the point that he, you know, eventually <laughs> reaches. By the way, shout out to Mr. Pitt for being one of the only people in the entire series we've seen so far that understands the concept of gold digger and is on the lookout for his uh, people after his rich employer's money. Mm, That's right. Good point. And I think just Hingley, he plays a perfect broken old man. Like you just really buy his heartbreak through this episode and how bad he wants this thing to work out. Like, you know, they say that the the older form of love is very much like the first forms of love that you experience when you're a preteen or whatever. And he just plays that really well. He's got this innocence quality to him that, that shines through this entire episode. He's got a very Crypt Keeper-esque face in which it's a <laughs> horrifying visage and wrinkly and, and kind of gross, but his eyes are kindly and young. So he goes to this mad doctor and the doctor lets him know that to become the hunk that he desires to be. He needs to embrace his giving side and pay a stunning $1 million to do this face transplant. He's done it before and broke a Slavia or, or some shit. So um, Carlton, desperate for some of that sweet, sweet, tender young flesh, which kind of makes him sound like a vampire. I don't know why I wrote it like that. He goes underneath the knife. Uh, we we do meet the man uh, who's going to donate his face, who is a marginally okay-looking beefcake named Hans. <laughs> the surgery <laughs> is a success, even though the butler remarks, Ish. what have they done to your face, rather rudely? And Linda, that freaking tramp, she still isn't happy and knows that he's still an old man everywhere <laughs> but her face. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I like this scene because this is where it does embrace the goofy B-movie aspect of it. It knows how absurd the idea of the full body transplant thing is. And I love when we get to see Carlton stretched out, you full Han's face. It's so disturbing, but also very funny. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you guys like this like mad? I, I'm glad that they embraced the mad doctor aspect side of things instead of just doing mm -hmm. like a normal surgeon. I feel like that makes all the difference when it comes to this episode. I love this weird, creepy motherfucker and his <laughs> bizarre science lab. I mean, they're definitely doing the time warp upstairs as they're having right? this meeting. Right. They're camping the shit out of this set i mean they got bubbling beakers and severed heads and electric all kinds the stone of walls are stone great walls. oh it's yeah. so good i love that guy that that guy plays a great part now and and kind of like i mentioned earlier like he really does feel ripped right out of the pages of the comics i mean if you go mm -hmm. the, the doctor in the in the comic story has these huge you know these glasses with the big bugged out eyes. I mean, as soon as I saw it on the episode, I just started cracking up. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that looks exactly like it did uh, in the book. And, and yeah, like you guys said, I, I really do love this. And then my God, I loved, you know, when she sees him for the first time and we get to see him after the, the facial surgery, because honestly, like that looks pretty realistic as to what it would look like if a man, his age got like a full facelift. Like it looks kind of awful and very off-putting and frankly that's how it would look 
he looks like the villain from Lazy Town, and I don't know if you guys understand that reference. <laughs> of course I do. Yes, that's a great point. But I was like, who's the villain? Robbie Rotten, the villain yep. from Lazy Town. It's exactly Rest in peace, Robbie Rotten. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like that they do this freaky face at first, and then later on, as the transformation continues, it just becomes Hans. Like it's just, like they never go back to the freaky plastic face but yeah it's a fun moment while it's there um i i feel like this is the best place to talk about it but uh the the voice of hinkley coming out of this young man is just hilarious to me i think it's <laughs> very funny and i never get tired of watching <laughs> the lip sync job that's going on <laughs> with that voice that's coming out and i like that later on when the transformation is completed just like the face thing um those vocal cords are still there so i don't know you know they replaced the torso the legs everything else um but he still kept his vocal cords so <laughs> what can we say about that they call extra money he didn't want to pay for that <laughs> yeah true yeah so, like I said, Linda's still not repre- repressed. Linda is still not impressed. So Carlton returns yet again to the Mad Doctor's lab to get that beefy upper body installed at the staggering sum of $2 million. Feeling more handsome than ever, he goes back to Linda to enjoy her vapid company and swimsuit-clad body. And you know what? He's out there. He's working on Muscle Beach. He's impressing her, but he's wearing sweatpants. As soon as they go to hit the water and he puts on those shorts, you might as well think that uh, Linda just watched a man get died. Uh, get died. Does that make sense? You just watched. <laughs> you just watched a man die in front of her very eyes because those legs—they're so saggy and old. Look at those veins. And I, look, I just want to remind you, fellas. There's nothing wrong with improving your personal appearance. You want to eat better. You want to work that body. You want to be the most comfortable man you can be. But just remember, if she doesn't love you at your 90-year-old man self, she doesn't deserve you at your 30-year-old beefcake self either. Preach. So just, just a reminder, all my kings out there, hold on to that. <laughs> also, we've discussed this. If, if you have scrawny chicken legs and you want to put some pounds on them, all you got to do, you got to be a chunky boy like me and Hunter. And then right. those, those legs will, will stiffen up real nice for carrying around your giant visage for the all day around the park, walking through horror nights, walking around the lines for three well, hours. There you go. Yeah. Yep. You, your calves will get real thick from carrying around your fat ass all day. You want to <laughs> you wanna have great legs? You go to Voodoo Donut. And then you walk around that theme park for eight hours. That's right. I'm going to do, uh, you, I'm not getting express. I'm, I'm going to do squats while I'm in line. Okay. That's stay in squat. Stay in squat. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, this scene where he goes back to the, and once again, this is where the voice kicks in again, where, you know, he's mostly transformed minus the legs. And he's like, Hey, Linda, you want to go to the beach? hilarious stuff like absolutely <laughs> works for me and yes. i just you know we we had some thoughts you guys are divided on miss preston and her performance in here i also think she doesn't get enough to do she's kind of just you know she's there to play the pretty gold digging girlfriend which is fine you know it's a bit <laughs> part or whatever but the way the 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 sheer repulsiveness she delivers the look at those legs <laughs> yes. kills me it's great I think I think that's honestly what stands out to me. It just it cracks me up that she's just like not into this dude, and it, and it and then it also equally cracks me up that he's just like, 
what the hell? Like, what what am I going to have to do to get this woman? Like, it, you know, and we continue to see it play out throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, this is a good point to throw in the salacious nudity count. Uh, no breasts, but we did get three shirtless beefcakes in the scene, and we will get a man butt later. Oh, hell yeah. That's what it's go. all about. Mm-hmm. So Carlton goes to the mad doctor again. And he gives away his last $3 million for the surgery to not only get the correct legs, but he needs that thick-ass dick that Hans is carrying around. He needs that third leg. Show me that hog, boy. I want to see that fat hog. Like I said, that's all he's got left, but he wants Linda so bad, he gets this cock transplant, but he runs over. He goes to Linda's apartment right after, and she's not there. And he's like, where the hell is he? And then... Possibly the best moment of the entire episode is the random old man slash Hans fight around the vehicle, which just comes out of nowhere. I watched this episode three times in preparation. I love the street fight <laughs> around the car. <laughs> it just feels so unnecessary. It was a little thing where they're like, hey, you know what? We're ahead of schedule. What can we do? Have him fight a bunch of ruffians in the street. Yes. It seems it's very Schwarzenegger-esque. Like, we could put the fight in here. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish they went a gratuitous... Like, I wish we had, like, a They Live, oh, like, 10-minute knockdown drag-out fight yes. between Hans Carlton and some of these these guys that are trying to jack the car. All these, dude, that would have been... I, make the damn episode 45 minutes and, and half of it the fight. I would have I would have been fine with that. Dude, I have seen They Live so many times at this point, you know, 15, (laughs) over 15 times, I would say. And whenever we reach that fight scene, I don't care what's going on. That is when I revert into my natural male dad state. And you just kind (laughs) of stand up in the living room behind the couch with your mouth slightly open. Yeah, exactly. And you just watch the whole thing. That's what I want from this episode. That would have made this episode the perfect episode. I get why they didn't do it, but he could have. You like tell anyone that's in the room, like, hey, 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 watch this. This is a great part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way. Oh, oh, going ahead. I I was just going to bring up. So we mentioned the replacement of the, uh, three legs the two legs and and the (laughs) shaft do you think he threw the nuts in for free or or is hans walking around with two tight nuts and then he's like a strapping body and just old man balls swinging this is an important Mm, question that only you dare to ask i'm gonna let you ponder this one i think (laughs) the doctor would have charged extra so right now we have strapping Strapping young uh, Hans, which is now Carlton, old man, in inside there. And his balls are hanging halfway down to his knees, just swinging around all day. But Hans is now in Carlton's old body with all the money. And he's got the old man, Dick, wrinkled and, and hanging limp. Because let's face it, he's not getting hard anymore. But <laughs> two really tight nuts, like, like real tight, like right up against his, his body. Nice Thank tight you. scrot. Yeah, because the surgery, we don't really know too much because, like, it's obviously just, like, skin transplants, right? Because, like, that's the only thing that makes sense. Um, But then also he takes on the height Mm -hmm. of Hans. So, like, 
what is getting moved over is are we just <laughs> shaving hans and putting old man skin on like i've done with a grape from time to time like like those like those robots do <laughs> is that a relevant joke still 10 years later <laughs> they did surgery on a grape um they did surgery on a carlton um so yeah, like, they, they don't cut off his whole legs though because he he got taller like you said like it's it's yeah. the it's bones and all true that's not what that movie's about by the way that luca guadagnino is not about uh <laughs> tra- leg transplants <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's like so if he you know if we we transplanted the face we didn't transplant the neck because that's where the vocal cords would be right so yeah. where's the science is not adding up i'm saying this guy you know he's He's kind of half-assing, and we should have known this when we saw him, I forgot to bring this up earlier, when he's eating like a salami sandwich <laughs> in the lab, which is great. Um, I don't know. I don't think this man is a professional. Mm-mm. He's a quack to be putting it politely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we do go on over. Um, Carlton, you know, he drives over to Linda's new place and he's freaking out. He's like, where's Linda? And he like almost beats up, you know, the the door guard that's out there. And uh, w- when he finds her in that apartment, she is already, like I said, she's in this fancy neighborhood. She's already been married. And who has she been married to? In one of the funniest moments of the entire episode, the zoom in on Carlton slash Hans's face when he goes, Hans? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love and that. She find, he finds out that all she ever wanted was money all along. Mm. No dip, Sherlock. But what really hurts the most is that sweet, sweet butler betrayal. He's left. He's taken on his life with fake Hans, uh, with fake Carlton, and he's happy about it. And they all relish in the laughter together. And poor Carlton, he's out of money. He lost his best friend. He definitely lost the girl. He's got saggy nuts still. Like, it's just, it's a terrible time. And I will say the one bright spot about this whole episode is that, you know, if he's got a young body and he's got a young heart, young lungs and everything like that, he could probably rebuild his fortune selling cocaine, like Dan said. <laughs> he, he might be able to to come back up, um, which yeah. is great. Um, but, but who knows? This is one of the rare tales from the crypt episodes where nobody dies in it. All of our characters are still alive at the end of the episode. Um, so it's this, this slight glimmer of hope that maybe this is just an embarrassing story that once he reaches the same age again, once Carlton Hans reaches the same age, you know, he can look back and laugh at it and hopefully he's got a non gold, uh, non gold. He's got a non gold digging woman by his side. Yeah, he he needs to get his ass back out on the beach. You know, start working out again. Meet some you know drug dealers, preferably, and and you know get get back on that horse, so no, to speak. You don't understand how selling cocaine. He doesn't want to meet drug dealers. He is the drug dealer person. <laughs> well, he, but he but he has got to. Well, get he's the probably not dealing. He's at the yeah. top. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. does need yeah. to build an army. Yeah, he's yeah. the Heisenberg. <laughs> If he's got all that money, presumably, you know, he's got connections. He can rebuild his empire. Um, but, you know, the, the, the presumption is that, you know, with Hans having taken over his normal form and inherited his wealth, he can kind of take over his side of the life and his life is ruined. But I like to think that, you know what, he was just a sad old man in love. He's going to be able to bounce back from this. He's going to be okay. 
I'm looking forward to the spinoff of this. Better call Hans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. I would, I, would, I would absolutely watch that goofy, derpy guy. <laughs> Damn it! This is this is an episode that we like totally like could have and should have gotten a sequel to. Like that's getting my brain churning a little bit. Maybe I would love to see him snap out. and get that get his revenge yes. on them, right? Yeah. yeah. Frame them for selling coke. Or <laughs> or because he's so old, except them balls, which are nice and tight. <laughs> he can do coke off that body. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about our final little crypt keeper moment because come on. He wants to pump you up with embalming fluid. And then I love that actual like hacking cough laugh that he does at the end where you're like, ooh, John's probably about to die at the end yeah. of this take. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he sounds rough. But this is a really fun, you almost expect, and it kind of surprises me every time you almost expect Arnold to show back up. Um, but no, it's just a really fun little, hey, we're pumping you full of embalming fluid gag. And it's it's cute. You know, it's it's classic Crypt Keeper. It is weird that Arnold was in the opening and then didn't stick around for the closing because he probably directed both of them, right? Maybe. Think. Yeah. Unless he's the one on the table getting pumped up. Oh, oh, that would have been so cool to see him, you know, to see, see him meet his maker there with the crypt yeah. keeper. Yeah. I, now it's my turn. Yeah. That's right. That would have been awesome. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing as you guys. I, I was expecting to see him in the closing, but you know, for what it is, it's a, it's a, it's a fun closer. And I will say, I love a good evil laugh with just a cackled cough behind it. So, so yeah. well done there. Well, let's go ahead and pay our last respects, our final thoughts on this episode of Tales from the Crypt. Once again, we've been talking about the Switch Season 2, Episode 2. Dan, let's go ahead and start with you with your severed thumb ranking. Man, like I said earlier, I really like this episode. Everyone's having a blast. Uh, I do love the two old men a lot. Uh, there is There could have been some more uh, fleshing out of the story like we talked about, but in general, I'm going to give it three and a half severed thumbs up. All right. Um, Preston, I'm going to pop in right here uh, just because yeah. I also have a three and a half severed thumb ranking. Um, I just think that that's right where I want to put it. It's an episode that I will gladly rewatch. If somebody told me that it was their favorite episode, I'd be like, hey, I get that. Sure. Um, if they told me they didn't like this episode, I'd go, huh? All right. I get that. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of the finale of season one um where it's it's really dependent on your personal taste and what you want from tales from the crypt but we've had a really good spread as far as episodes like yes the last two episodes are about gold digging women but they're so tonally different and they're both really well done i can't put this on the same scale as last week's episode and I know the next two episodes, I think, are a little bit stronger. Maybe it's unfair to compare to those. And there's some stuff in season one I prefer as well. But there's also, I prefer this over half of season one. So I think 3.5 is the perfect territory for it to be for me. Man, I, I like everything that you guys have to say. And I don't disagree with any of it. I will say, I think I'm going to go slightly above you guys and go with a four. Oh. 
oh. out of five. Yeah, and what's really interesting about that is I've made you know I've I've made this point before that I really prefer the more kind of spooky, the more gothic, the more traditional episodes of Tales from the Crypt, right? And while this really doesn't have those aesthetic choices that I really prefer, for whatever reason, I just found this episode really funny and I really enjoyed all the performances throughout it. And I have to give, you know, the the slight bump up, as little as it may be for that opening that we that we all love, right? So I I really like this one. I have to say, I do think I'm going to go four out of five. Yeah. Arnold directed a hell of an episode. Good job, man. Yeah. So that puts us at what? Like a 3.8 average. That's, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a good ranking. I think we definitely recommend that you watch uh, both of the episodes we've covered in season two so far. I think we all agree that the last week's episode was a little bit stronger, but there's still plenty of fun to be had here. All right. Well, let's go ahead and plug our information and we'll go ahead and get out of here. So Preston, thanks for being here tonight, my man. And thank you, like always, for covering the comic book inspiration of Tales from the Crypt. Hey, wouldn't want to be anywhere else, fellas. This was so much fun as always. Another great episode and looking forward to carrying on with the next one, right? You can keep up with me at a lot of different places. Twitter, yeah, I'm still calling it that, damn it. At Preston967, you can find me over there. Same on Letterboxd. Man, it's been a great spooky season. We're going to finish in a in a big way here. Um, Letterboxd, at Preston967. Preston Green on Facebook. You know, as far as other podcast appearances go, we've been doing a lot of spooky things over at the rf for rm podcast, the Real Fans for Real Movies. We've been talking spooky serial. we got an episode coming up on Abbott and Costello. Meet Frank. Frankenstein. I know you guys love that one, right? So be sure to check that out as well. I think that's dropping on Halloween. So yeah, a lot of good things, guys. Thanks as always. Absolutely, my man. And yes, it's been a joy to listen to you. I had to unfortunately bow out of most of the Halloween content over with our friends for Real Fans for Real Movies just because the season is so busy. So I just want to say as uh, I thank you for carrying the flag (laughs) over on the network for us and encouraging people to come check out this show. Proud, proud to do it, man. And I'll say this, as far as our, our spooky serial episode goes, those damn um, Halloween Frosted Flakes have grown on me since the recording. I have put down a solid box since uh, since then. So, yeah, highly recommend. All right. Aren't, aren't they just Frosted Flakes in a well, They're pumpkin box? spice, ain't they? No, they're oh. chocolate. They're chocolate oh, with okay. marshmallows. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. those down. It's good shit. Yeah. Well, Dan... Thanks for being here tonight, my man. And thank you, like always, for covering the talents of HBO's Tales from the Crypt. Mm, Always. I wouldn't want to do anything else except for maybe tweet and post on Instagram. And if you want to see what those tweets and posts on Instagram look like, you can follow me at RedRightDan. All the socials, Blue Sky, Threads, all that crap. Only really use two. But hey, also, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, it's Daniel P. Sims. You can see all the esoteric, strange movies that I've been watching and will continue to watch for your entertainment. Thank you. Oh, and if you want to follow the podcast itself, it's Horror Vault Pod at all those same socials. And if you want to email us directly, it's horrorvaultpod at gmail.com. Thank you. We ain't got no emails yet. Right we got, in. We got one email. It was good. Okay. It was from, it was from Phil. You know Phil. 
Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Well, Phil, Phil's too close to a buddy. We can't count him. <laughs> we need emails from randos. Please, yes. ra- randos, need, email us. We need pictures of your thick legs. If you're part of a chunky boy army who loves walking through theme parks, send us pictures of those legs. They're so veiny. Hey, if you want to keep up with me, the best place to do so is right here on Horrors from the Vault. We're back every single week with a new episode of HBO's Tales from the Crypt. Thank you for putting up with my shenanigans as I fluff up these scripts a little. You don't want just a regular recap. A lot of these episodes are really good, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to to pump them up too much. I I don't have to do a uh, only sin deep every single time, but you know what? I I still, I want to make them a fun time for you. So thanks for being here. I will say, check out the next two episodes as well. They're two fantastic episodes um, in the Tales from the Crypt library. I'm really excited to cover those. And if you want to keep up with me personally, you can do so on Letterboxd and Instagram at Discount Vincent Price. Once again, I want to thank you for listening to Horrors from the Vault. We'll catch you next time. So, Crypt Keeper, let's go ahead and get out. Right.